Welcome to another episode of the In the Limelight podcast. I'm Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. You are tuned in to HealthWise 360 with Christy Cordingly. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to this episode of HealthWise 360, a creation of Clarissa Burt, founder of In the Limelight Media. I'm your show host, Chrissy Cordingly, and you'll be able to see this interview on In the Limelight TV, which is distributed on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and a hundred other smart TV apps. The audio version of this interview can be heard wherever you listen to your podcasts. And today I'm thrilled to be interviewing Dr. Annie White, who is the author of The Calm Code, Transform Your Mind, Change Your Life. After thousands of patient visits and a decade of studying the science of the brain, she developed a revolutionary step-by-step method to train your mind to be calm, happy, and balanced. It dramatically lowers stress and anxiety. Annie has a doctorate in traditional Chinese medicine. So welcome, Annie, to the show. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. So let's get right into it because I think there are a lot of people that maybe aren't calm or happy. So how <laughs> is it possible to become the calm, happy person we've we always wanted to be or deserve to be? Well, a lot of people don't know that it's actually possible to train your mind to be more calm and happy. And I would love to say I can give you a little pill or an easy answer, but those are never without their side effects. So what I developed is a step-by-step method that is very straightforward, tells you exactly what to do, the amount of time per day, we start with three minutes twice a day, and we train your mind to be calmer and happier over a six week period. Now, you can stop after the six weeks if you say, oh my gosh, I am the calmest and happiest I have ever felt in my life. This is amazing. <laughs> or you can keep going with it, you know, and you will want to keep up with it and do some maintenance like five minutes a day to keep your mind, um, you know, make sure that it's still as calm and happy as you want it to be. But I did this personally myself. I worked with patients for a long time and then I got to a spot where I needed it. So I do know that it works really well. And once I figured that out, I just wanted to get it out to everyone who needs it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say there must be a bit of maintenance because just like taking a bath, you can't have one bath a year and expect to stay clean the rest of the year, right? So it's probably the same thing. There's You would have to continue this practice of some sort, but it would be more in the beginning, I imagine. And are you willing to share your personal experience with developing this method? Well, of course, I will share with you. Um, It started, the method development started when I was seeing patients in my office and they kept coming in and stress was just such a huge factor in every complaint that they had. And I thought to myself, you know what, Annie, if we don't figure out how to lower their stress, they are never going to be happy or healthy. So that led me, um, in my training, my medical training, we treat the root cause of things. We don't treat the symptoms. So I'm sort of trained to be a health detective. And I was looking for the root cause of stress. And once I got to the science of the brain, I knew I was onto something. And neuroscience and neuroplasticity specifically states that every thought, action, and emotion trains or wires your mind along those pathways. You might have heard the phrase, neurons that fire together, wire together. Mm-hmm. That's right. So the more stressful thoughts we have, the more stress and negativity circuits we build in our mind, and the more calm and happy thoughts we have, the alternative is also true. So I then went back into science, and I uncovered all of the scientifically proven ways 
to make your mind calmer and happier. And I combine them all into tools that people can use every day. Mm-hmm. And have you ever had to use them yourself? I did. Honestly, I went through a really, really stressful couple of years and I got to the point where I was, I was depressed. I was anxious. Um, I was really irritable. I was not nice saying nice things to my husband because things would fly out of my mouth and I felt like I couldn't even control them. I was just so negative. And it culminated with my husband walking out and saying, I don't know who you are anymore, but I can't, I can't live like this anymore. And I, you know, I was on the floor in my living room, sobbing, feeling like a complete failure. And then I felt like a double failure because I had failed to follow my own advice. I hadn't been using any of it because, you know, I'm the person who's supposed to know I made the tools. I don't need the tools. And the universe laughed at me and said, ha ha. Oh my gosh. You need them more than 95% of the people that you've ever given them to. (laughs) Well, thank you. Funny how that works. It it, it is. It is. I always hear like, it's like, you never want to be the therapist child or (laughs) that type of thing. Well, a hundred percent. It took me a long time to figure it out, but I think until I really needed them. And until I got to a point where I could really understand the situation that that was, I couldn't get behind it as much because people would always say, oh, these are great. They work great. But you know, I don't know if they're just being nice or I had to, I had to get it myself in order to, to get behind it and really, you know, get it into the hands of other people. It's funny that you mentioned that, that, or are they just being nice? Do they mean what they say? Because that cynicism, that skepticism is also a sign of negative thinking and stress, right? <laughs> right? Totally. Like, yeah, like that, that's that's a flag. When I'm like that, then I'm like, oh, I need to do some meditation. I need to do something to clear my mind because there's no reason for me to be this paranoid about what people are saying, right, or doing. So, um, Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you talk about the root cause of stress. So what is the root cause? And right now we're seeing a lot of stress. I mean, everywhere you look, there's polarization, there's arguing, there's whatever. People are stressed about money, finances, family, different opinions. And I'm sure that hasn't improved over the pandemic by any means. So where 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 are we accumulating the stress? Like, can we stop it even before it begins? Well, we need to train our minds so that the stress doesn't affect us the same way anymore. We're never going to get rid of stressful things. We live in a stressful world, just as you mm-hmm. said in your last statement, you nailed it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I even say in my book, I say, I'm not going to bring you to nothing ever bothers me land. Mm-hmm. That is not a place that anyone can live. But once you've trained your mind to be more calm and happy, these things hit you in a different way. You don't spin out anymore. And if you get upset, I mean, we could be, I got news last night that someone I love very much had six months to live. And that, thank you. But that, I mean, that's stressful information, isn't it? And I was upset. Of course I was upset. I'm a human, but I'm not, you know, I didn't email you and I can't get out of bed today. Mm -hmm. So my mind is now wired so that these things, I am human And they hit me, but it's not like a totally devastating, I can't function space. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that's absolutely what I would 
assume most people would want to hear because I think we some people do feel like, oh, if I'm going to be a positive person, I should never have a negative thought or emotion ever again. And that's not that's not the bar you can set. You're setting yourself up for failure, correct? Yes. I mean, we are not going to live in Holly Hobby rainbows and unicorns land. <laughs> also, I think you're making a really good point. Negative emotions are our friend. Mm -hmm. They're information. Like if someone makes us angry, we should actually sit down and act like that anger is, you know, coming over for a cup of tea and figure out what it's trying to tell us mm -hmm. instead of pushing it away, which it will just get stronger. What you resist persists, but it's, it's there for a reason. So negative emotions are not negative. <laughs> no, they're not a bad thing. They're no. a good thing. They're our friend. They're more of a compass than uh, that's something we need to give the boost. I love that. I love the way you just put that. Yes, they're a compass. Perfect. That's great. So what is post-pandemic syndrome? So I know you mentioned that a little bit in some of your writing. Post-pandemic syndrome is the height of the pandemic had us really anxious, really on edge, right? Because everything that was coming at us was so much life and death. Mm -hmm. You know, what if, what if I get sick and die? What if someone I love gets sick and dies and I can't go to work and I'm having to homeschool my kids and on and on and on. Right. And so we're in this really heightened space, but what happens post that really heightened space is that little things set us off more easily. We can get more stressed more easily. We can get more irritable more easily. We can get, you know, anxious a little bit more easily. I saw this with people with uh, when the queen died, you know, and a lot of people were really, really, really upset about it. Yeah. And I think the post pandemic syndrome contributed to that. It's not that the queen dying isn't sad. Of course it is. She's an icon and we love her, but you know, it's not like we talked to her on the phone yesterday and she's our best friend and we're not going to chat anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to disavow people's feelings, but I am saying that this post pandemic syndrome makes things more sharp. It's we wouldn't have reacted maybe as strongly as quickly or for as long before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with a pandemic too, I mean, I think humans don't like uncertainty. And we were bombarded with uncertainty and unsureness and stability. And the queen has been there for so long, right? So I That's guess right. it's probably like an end of an era. So we're a little bit sensitive to wow, things change all the time. Everything is yes. changing. Yes. Yeah. That's also a really, really good point. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we taught what are some of the popular tips out there for stress reduction, but that they're not actually working and they're at and we're actually a lot of people are engaging in activities that might be making their stress worse. Oh, Chrissy, don't get me started, <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. For so long, this was frustrating to me in my office, too, because people would come in. They're like, oh, I'm supposed to get better sleep. I'm supposed to eat healthier and I'm supposed to exercise to reduce my stress, right? Oh my gosh, we've been hearing this forever. And I am in no way saying that those things aren't great for our health. Of course they are. But when you are truly stressed out, stress causes insomnia. Stress causes us to eat comfort food, doesn't it? It causes us to be exhausted. We don't feel like walking around the block, much less working out. So what happens is we think that we're failing and that stresses us out more because we literally cannot do these tips. And it's just this awful spiral. 
So people would come in and they just feel horrible about themselves. Why, why can't I sleep? Well, because your high stress is causing your insomnia because mm-hmm. you're normal. Yes. So that's why it makes me a little bit crazy because, and, oh, you need to go and laugh more with your friends. Well, if you're in a really stressful <laughs> spot, you don't feel like doing that. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm a huge loser. I don't feel like going out and meeting my friends. And I mean, until I got to the spot that I got to, I didn't get this on that level. And then I did. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I I completely get this now. Because I was saying it to myself. I'm like, Annie, what is wrong with you? I'm like, well, I just don't feel like that right now. So I don't want people to feel like failures or get more stressed because they can't follow those tips because they don't work. They just don't work. (laughs) When you're stressed, when you're stressed. They don't. Yeah. It can be not helpful exercise, especially because the adrenaline and cortisol you can release from exercise, which is a form of stress, even though it's supposedly a good form of stress. It is a good form of stress can provide the same feelings as panic and anxiety. Right. So even if you're doing the exercise that you think is good, it may feel similar to the stress that you're already experiencing and it can be hard to differentiate. Well, what's good then what's bad stress. I don't get it. Right. So, um, well, and that's right. And sometimes your body just needs a break too. mm -hmm. You know, it's like, sometimes we just need some gentle care. We don't need to push ourselves. And I'm not saying we shouldn't exercise. Of course we should exercise. But if you're in a space where you're really stressed out and you're not feeling like yourself, don't berate yourself or get upset. If you don't feel like that, give yourself kindness gentleness and a friggin break yeah just right because that is so it feels so much better that's so much more healthy than pushing it and then feeling awful afterward and then getting into that cycle yeah I think we put a lot of shoulds on ourselves and really we should really just be listening to what our body's trying to tell us and honor what we really feel like doing in that moment um So what are the best ways to eliminate stress? What are the best ways to respond to stress? Maybe is a better way to put it. Well, I'm going to give you a breathing tip. Of course, I think the best way to deal with stress is to retrain your brain to be Mm. calm and happy. So stress hits you differently. But people would say, oh, she's just trying to push her book on us. I'm not. It really helps. (laughs) But let's let's um, let's do some a couple of exercises. Right. And I love this breathing exercise. So I always tell people, you know, when you're starting to get stressed, when your breathing becomes more shallow, breaths are quicker, they're closer together. Okay. So when you start feeling that happen, that means your stress response has set in. I want you to do this. And we're just going to make it three steps. Super simple. okay? Okay. First step, put your hand on your chest, And throughout this whole breathing exercise, I want you to say to yourself, I am safe. I'm not in a life or death situation. I am safe. I am not in a life or death situation right now, because obviously you're not going to be using this if a bear is chasing you. Mm -mm. Step two, put your move that left hand down to your lower belly and breathe in. And when you breathe in, feel that hand extend toward the opposite wall. That tells you that you're breathing down deeply and you can't breathe in this way when you run. So you're strongly telling your body there is no danger here right now. Okay. Step number three, this is a secret weapon. So you put your right index finger over and cover your right nostril. You breathe in and out only through your left nostril if you can. 
Studies have shown that activates your calm nervous system and it calms you down faster. So when you start feeling your breath becoming quicker and shorter and closer together, do this breathing exercise for one to two to three to five minutes, depending on how stressed you are, and you will see things dramatically change. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the phys- the mental effort it takes to you know, place your fingers to physically do the exercise is a good distraction as well from the brain, from the random thoughts, right? It puts everything back in focus. Yes. And you're changing the tracks in your mind from the stress tracks to the calm tracks because you're telling yourself, I am safe. I'm not in a life-threatening situation. You know, and, and I say that because your brain will try to talk you out of things and say, but your brain can't argue with that. Like if you're not, if there's not an ax murderer in the corner, <laughs> then like your brain, your brain's got nothing on it. So I'm safe. I'm not in a life-threatening situation. Cause I used to just say I'm safe, but people like I'm not safe. I can't pay my bills. It's, you know, that jackalope just cut me off, but you know what? You're not in a life-threatening situation if you can't pay your bills. And no. if you are, I mean, get help. Yes. But Yes, 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 absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your book. What can people expect to find in the Calm Code? Well, we start out with my story. Mm-hmm. Which, I read that you know, today. Yes, very good. You did, yeah. Um, people can can skip over it. But the reason that I included my story is because I want people to be able to see how these stressful times can wire our mind to be more stressed and negative, And we don't even know it's happening. Like I created these tools and I didn't, you know, I didn't even see it. So, um, okay. So then we go into the science behind why this works because I'm a why person. And if I'm going to do something and commit to something, I got to know scientifically proven, why does this work? Then we do how to make this a habit every day. And I give tons of tips on that. Then we get into the method. So it's a six week method. We start with three minutes twice a day. And we start with, I I have to simplify this because we don't have enough time to get into all of it, but we start Mm -hmm. with pictures that can make our mind trigger us to feel those positive emotions we want to feel. And my suggestion is to make photo albums either on your phone or your computer, or you can use physical pictures and stack them. And you go through them for three minutes, twice a day. And have yourself feel those positive emotions. So I say, let's target happiness. And so you go through your pictures and you find all of them that can make you happy. And then, you know, this tool gets more graduated as you go on. And this is a simple version of it, but it can really help to start retrain, rewire your mind. And then I give new tools every week for six weeks. We start with three minutes twice a day. We work up to eight minutes twice a day. And by the end of six weeks, you will see a change. I am not guaranteeing that you will be exactly where you want to be because that depends on where you start. You know, if you've had five positive thoughts since you were three years old, Mm -hmm. it's going to take you a little longer, but you will feel better. And frankly, um, it will take a minute to start feeling better. It's going to take two to three weeks to start feeling better, but it's a natural method and nature takes its time. You know, I always tell my patients, You can't plant tomato seeds and then (laughs) eat those tomatoes that night for dinner. Nature doesn't work that way. 
So you have to be a little bit patient and you do have to put in some effort. You know, when people are like, oh, it sounds too good to be true. I'm like, no, you got to put in effort to make this happen. Three minutes twice a day up to eight minutes twice a day isn't the end of the world, but you got to do it. Yes. And it can be easily put aside right nowadays. People overcommit themselves and all that, but we don't have to go into that at all. So uh, people can download the first chapter of your book on your website, which is really great. They can do that for free. So we'll make sure that information is in the show notes. Are there any, yeah, absolutely. And are there any last thoughts or ideas you might want the audience to know about you and your work or stress or health uh, before we sign off for the day? Well, the reason I'm so passionate about getting out there and getting this information into people's hands is that you actually have a choice and you can make changes. You know, you're not stuck where you are unless you decide to be. And that's not my quote. That's Wayne Dyer's quote. But I think it's a really great quote for people because I want to give them their power back. I want to give them some tools so that they have a choice in this life that they're living and it can get better and better and better for them. So I just want people to know that. Absolutely. And how would you describe your happiness at this stage in life? I would describe my happiness as solid. Um, but things like I was saying, yeah, I'm you have some bad news. Yes. Of course, but you're human. I'm human. You know, there stressful times come, bad news comes, and it, you know, it will make me unhappy for a little while and it will make me sad but i think in general i can i can get out of it and th- you know it's not for as long it's not as dramatic maybe and i'll tell you my husband uh, the only reason he's still here is because i did this work and he's so thankful that i did mm-hmm. i'm i'm really proud of you guys and i'm so happy that everything worked out and i i just really admire your work and everything that you're doing to help people feel better and showing them that the strength that they have inside their own minds like it's right inside them it's theirs for the taking uh they can make their world a much happier calmer place and i think that's wonderful so thank you so much for your time dr annie absolutely thank you so much for having me i love your show Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of HealthWise 360 here on the In the Limelight Podcast Network, where we enlighten, entertain, and educate our listeners. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to tell your friends.